another episode of A Woman's Worth. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Welcome, listeners. Today we have Ms. Teresa Tillman from the Alabama Coalition Against Rape. She's here to talk to us about the organization, about herself, the organization, and share information with us about intimate partner violence. Welcome, Teresa. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am truly excited to be here today. Um, Thank you for this awesome opportunity, you know, just to talk about ACAR or the Alabama Coalition Against Rape or ACAR for short and what we do, what we offer um, for our constituents here in Alabama. Okay, welcome. Thank you. And before we before we get into intimate partner violence and what it is and why it's important, how it's related to HIV. Tell our listeners about yourself in your role at, um, I can say ACAR because you said it, Alabama Coalition, Coalition Against Rape and the organization. Okay, so I am the EHE coordinator for ACAR. And ultimately, our primary goal is, you know, the prevention of the transmission of HIV and HIV stigma. Okay. We know that here in the South, okay, HIV is running rampant. Um <clears throat> for us specifically as black women, we we are noticing quite a trend um, with HIV. Right now, 57% of HIV cases from 2019 were black women. 19% total of all the cases for that year were women, but of the 19%, again, 57% of those were black women. So we want to, you know, address what's going on, you know, talk about HIV, talk about, you know, the stigma um, that prevents a lot of us from being tested, from knowing our status, and then as well as, you know, prep as an option. So that is what we do, as well as IPV, intimate partner violence. And we can talk about that as well. Yes, thank you so much. So um, as you talked about, you know, the statistics being higher among Black women, and we know that stigma is an issue in our community as it relates to women, Mm -hmm. Um, those women that are, have become infected with HIV Mm -hmm. and seeking treatment, stigma, most many times will prevent them from seeking care. And in this day and age, we have a lot of treatment options um, for women. Um, And so it really is sad that women, particularly African-American women, still struggle with the stigma and seeking care when there are ways that they can stay healthy and still live a healthy, productive life. Mm -hmm. So... At, with your organization at ACAR, what are some of the services that you all offer for women in the Montgomery area? So some of the services that we offer, we do offer counseling. Okay. <clears throat> now, actually, let me back up. So with our organization, we are a statewide coalition. Okay. We have 17 rape crisis centers that fall underneath the coalition that are throughout the entire state. And so some of the services that we offer, we offer counseling, we offer accompaniment, advocacy, we do training, 
We do networking, not, not just with other rape crisis centers, but other agencies that could potentially, you know, help with those wraparound services for women. We do referrals and we provide resources. One of the other things I want to hit on is we don't all just treat women. We also children as well as men. A lot of times people think that, you know, men can't be raped. A man can be raped. Um, We hear a lot of, well, that only happens in prison. No, that is not true. A man can be raped anywhere, anytime, just as a woman can or a child. Okay. And so for your services, do you offer services only for people that have had experience, have been actually raped, or do you offer services for, for outside of that? as well, like counseling services for women? Majority of our services are for those that have experienced some type of sexual violence, but within each of our um, our rape crisis centers, they do offer additional wraparound services, you know, as far as like mental health, or if someone, you know, is experiencing thoughts of suicide, again, you know, it is going to be a case-by-case basis, and, you know, getting in contact with those different rape crisis centers, they can let you know, you know, what they offer. Not everybody's going to offer the same thing. Okay. But for the most part, you know, um, those wraparound services, we do offer, you know, counseling, accompaniment, different things like that. Okay, good. So I, just, I, say, I asked that because, you know, we as we talked about earlier, when you shared about, you know, women and people being um, affected with HIV and sometimes that struggle to, um, you know, share that mm-hmm. one and um, actually get into treatment. So I was wanted to, you know, inform listeners if someone they could still call you, if it's possible for them to call your line and just have a conversation with someone and then they can Absolutely. encourage them, you know, you know, can encourage them to, you know, seek care and be able to um, talk to them and meet their needs Absolutely. Um, to address the issues that they're having or struggle with that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they can. And, you know, the thing is, you know, we do have counselors. Um, we realize when it comes to, you know, um, living with HIV, it's it, it, it's a trauma. It really is a trauma. You know, some people say, no, it's not a trauma. It is a trauma because it's something that significantly changes your lifestyle. Just as if you are raped, it significantly changes your lifestyle. So we do have, you know, those that are willing to talk, you know, our counselors that will, you know, be able to talk those living with HIV, you know, through some processes, through some things, through some, uh, you know, of what they're going through as they are living with HIV. Great point, um, Ms. Tillman, because as we talk about May's Women's Health Fund, mm-hmm. and so that, and you you share with the listeners that that is a trauma, mm-hmm. and, you, and some folks may not even think of it that way. And right. so particularly, you know, in the community, you know, and mm-hmm. as we continue to work in HIV and raising awareness about it, and particularly for community as it relates to stigma, mm-hmm. you know, where someone been diagnosed with HIV, that's a trauma and they need support. Correct. And so in making sure that we provide that support for them and not being stigmatized, like, oh my gosh, get away from me. We need to, they need to be supported. And as Women's Health Month, that's a way to keep us healthy and moving forward and continue to live a healthy, productive life. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, you hit on something talking about the, you know, stigma. I don't think people realize just how much of an impact, you know, stigma has. Um, when you look at it, you know, stigma will stop anyone if you know, from doing anything, from seeking treatment, seeking help, um, you know, taking care of themselves. And so that is one of the big things we do hit on when we go out, we're, you know, we're doing presentations, you know, um, one of the things we definitely hit on is HIV stigma, because we realize it is a problem for many because they don't want to be labeled as, you know, um, nasty or immoral or you we we hear things well only gay people get hiv or if they weren't sleeping around having you know sleeping with all these men or sleeping with all these women they wouldn't get you know hiv quote unquote and that's not the case Right, right. That is not the case. And so what happens is because of that, you have those, well, they may be living with HIV and they refuse to go and get treatment because they don't want to be labeled. They don't want people to talk about them. They don't want people to talk down to them. And I hate to say it, sometimes people, we are harsh. As human beings, we can be really harsh on one another. Absolutely. And I've been really recognizing that lately. And to your point, when you said about women becoming HIV infected may not be a woman sleeping around because I remember a case. Absolutely. Had, she was over 40. Mm-hmm. And so she had met a man in church and she had yes. dated him and I, they got married and he was infected. Mm-hmm. And how she found out was one day on the nightstand, the Bible fell over. And out of the Bible was some papers and she picked it up and there was something about his HIV Mm. medicine. So, you know, and that's the importance of the work we do. Mm -hmm. What we are here doing in the community is educating and for people to come up, become aware, because like you said, it's not always it's not that case that she had met him in church and he was positive and did not share that with her. And she was HIV positive when she tested Yes. Right. And and the thing is, you know, as black women, you know, that is, you know, quite quite a bit of our cases. It, it, we're not sleeping around. It's just that you may have met this person and you know what? You're interested. And it's not saying that he was sleeping around. He may have had one partner. I mean, we don't know. But then because y'all have now be, you know, you become intimate now you have it. And here's the, the the other caveat to that. Because you're with this person, you figure you've been together for a while. I don't need to get tested because I know he's safe and I'm safe. Right. No, that's not always the case. You, right. you want to be tested. You want to know your status. And I think knowing your status, that's powerful because that, and that Absolutely. Lets you know how to move forward in your, not just your sexual health, but in health general. Absolutely. And absolutely. And that's, and that's the goal. Encourage women regardless, get tested every year. Mm-hmm. Tested in with your monthly, you know, not monthly, but yearly um, annual pap smear. Right. So make sure you keep make that a part of your routine health care, just like you go get a mammogram. Just we want you to encourage listeners and women to get HIV tested. And um, because as you shared, there could be, you know, you just don't know. And so it's important to know your status, as you stated. And so, um, Miss Tillman, mm-hmm. so as 
talk about HIV and we know one topic, intimate partner violence. Yes. Is connected to um, yeah. HIV infection. So talk to our listeners about intimate partner violence. Intimate partner violence. All right. So intimate partner violence, a lot of people are like, well, what is intimate partner violence? Is that the same thing as domestic violence? It can be. Ultimately, what intimate partner violence is, is when there's abuse yeah. that occurs in, you know, some type of romantic relationship. Um, it's it's not always a current spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend. It can be a former spouse. It can be a former partner or former girlfriend or boyfriend. And the thing is, is that when it comes to the abuse, it varies in degree. You know, um, some are extreme, extremely physical. Some are not. Some are extremely, you know, psychological or mental. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, people think that, oh, that it's okay. I, um, you know, girl, he just shoved me or girl, he just, you know, no, that is abuse. That right. is intimate partner violence. At the end of the day, when it boils down to it, no one has any business putting their hands on anyone. I don't care who you are, girl, boy, whomever, it doesn't matter. And we're starting to see that a lot of men are experiencing this as well, where their partners, their female partners, you know, she feels that it's okay for her to put her hand, her hand in his face, mush him in his forehead or mush him in his mouth, you know, and then it's like, okay, wait a minute. But if the, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, how would you feel if he was doing that to you? Right. You know, um, there's four types, four types that we, you know, we really, um, kind of focus in on the physical, you know, the kicking, hitting, the fighting, you know, you've got the sexual forcing a partner to, to perform a sexual act, mm. um, a lot, or just forcing them to have sex with you, period. You know, um, a lot of people say that that's not a form of IPV. Yes, it is. Um, we've had, um, people say, well, a, a spouse can't force another spouse, you know, to, to have sex. That's not IPV. That's not rape. Yes, it is. It is. Um, you know, so we, we want people to know it does happen, you know, regardless of what you may have been told or what you may think it does happen. You have the psychological, you know, that's sometimes that's not just necessarily verbal, but it's nonverbal communication, um, ignoring someone. Mm -hmm. Ignoring your partner, ignoring your spouse, you know, um, I'll be honest. I don't like to be ignored. I don't, right. you know, right. and most, I think most people don't, um, manipulation, gaslighting, gaslighting is the big one, you know, um, accusing somebody of being too sensitive. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so, ex you're so sensitive. It wasn't that much of a big deal. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh-huh. It really was. Okay. Okay. And then stalking. Um, stalking, we are starting to see more of, you know, stalking is not, when we say stalking, we automatically think, you know, um, that someone, you know, following a person around. A lot of times it's not necessarily following a person around. It could be behaviors, you know, certain behaviors that are directed at one person and that one person only. Stalking is not just physical. It can also be virtual, you know, so someone uh, virtually stalking you via social media, 
you know, via email, your Facebook, you know, um, you know, what's all the little stuff out there, the young kids, the Snapchats and the, and the Instagram, you know, all of that <laughs> stuff. So, you know, it can be done virtually. And so those are the things that, you know, um, that those four, those are the things that we see. People have to understand IPV, intimate partner violence, it's not, it's not about sex. It's about power. It's about control. Mm-hmm. Balance, power and control. Exactly. You want to control that other person. You want to you know, put your thumb on them and where they go, what they do, who they speak to, you know, that's what this is about. And real quick, I just wanted to throw this real stat out, this little stat out there. IPV affects one in four women and one in 10 men in their lifetime. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that stat, I think it's more, more in the range of maybe one in three women. Wow. And probably one in six men. And again, this is just based on what's reported. Okay. Okay. But you think it's more? Yes, I do. I do personally. I think it's more. Yes. Yes. And, and and I can see that. I can see why you would you have come come up with that. It could be more mm-hmm. because of and I can see, like you said, how our society is structured where even language towards mm-hmm. one another is mm-hmm. violent sometimes. Yes. Yes. It is. It really mm-hmm. is, you know. Right. Um what was the saying we used to say? Sticks and stones may break our bones, but uh, names or words can never hurt me. I don't I don't necessarily believe that to be true nowadays, because there are there are some folks out there who say some things and it's like, oh, wow. Wow. Right. Really? Yes. You know, and if, <laughs> if you are, if you take that in, it's like, you know, and, and again, that's where the psychological comes in, because you start believing those things that are said about you. You know, right. oh and yes, be true. That's so true. That's especially with younger children. Yes, teens. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and watching because I I had a conversation with the um old college friend of mine, and she was doing some work talking about abusive language toward one another, and how sometimes when you talk about joking. Sometimes people joke and say words and could be ugly and people, you know, internalize that. Mm -hmm. You have to teach young people that no, don't accept that. Yes. Correct. Absolutely. And what that is, you know. Right. Absolutely. Especially women. Yes. Yes. And our our young girls and trying to get them to understand, you know, that, yes, I understand. I know you're 16, 17, 18, and I know you everything is the world is out there. It's on the platter for you. But understand, yeah, you might be dating a young man and y'all might. Oh, we're going to get married and we're going to be together forever. And this, this, that. Baby girl, you have a whole lifetime ahead of you. And if he's saying, you know, these different things you know to you no that is not true because that's his opinion and what is his opinion that nothing mm-hmm. that's right nothing. that's right knowing yourself knowing about know it and yourself no. and, and know when to say no right this is not good for me I'm mm-hmm. not going to accept this right this is tearing me down instead of building me up right Yes. And, that, and that's where again, what's that the, the toxicity, these yeah. toxic relationships. I um real quick, I was listening to something on YouTube and 
there was some young folks and they were talking about, you know, one of the, the young ladies, she was like, yeah, you know, my man, you know, I, I, how does she say it? It's not good. It's, However, she said it, but basically she was saying if her man doesn't like if he doesn't grab her or pull her or pull a gun or something on her, then she knows that he doesn't love her. And I'm just sitting there listening. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So he's got to pull a gun on you to show you that he loves you. Really? And that reminds me of some research that I did years ago, a couple of years mm-hmm. and years ago, particularly with teen girls. And she said, similar to what you said, right. which is still today with the new Gen Zers. She said, she said that she was a millennial. Mm-hmm. She's a millennial. She said, um, if he doesn't beat me, yeah. I, he doesn't, I don't think he loves me. I don't he think don't he put lo- his hands yeah. on me. Yeah. And so where did she learn that from? Right. Um, right. Yeah. And had to correct that. No, that we do. doesn't mean that. Yes. yes. And, and you know, and, and that's that is again I mean. accepting it. You're thinking that you need right. to be accused and mistreated. Yes. Right. And and you're absolutely correct. And that's where, you know, again, that's where that prevention, that's where that education piece comes in. Yes. You know, we have to, you know, go and let our young people know, baby, this is not healthy. This is not right. Because a man puts his hand on you or a woman, whomever. It does not mean that they love you. As a matter of fact, they do not love you. Right. And, and that's not love. What? That is not love. Oh, yes. Wow. Love is safe. You yes. know, love is safe. It's it love yes. is comforting. It's yes. calm. It's yes. not toxic. It's not violent. Yes. You know, it's not stressful. Mm. Wow. You know? and, and that's a good point because if if some people never experienced love, they don't know what it is. They don't. Wow. Interesting. And the work y'all are doing is interesting. Wow. Yeah. And that's going on now. She was saying, if you don't pull a gun on her, my yes. goodness. Yes. And I was just like, this speaks to the work that the need for right. more education on, on and again, self-love, self-care. Right. As we talk about in the month of women's health and mm-hmm. um, month, mm-hmm. you know, wow. Interesting. That is so interesting to me. It is. And and the thing is, you know, th- and this is another reason that's why we do. We like to have these little sessions where we're talking to young folks, you know, and just really, you know, get in their mindset, you know, and see what they think, where they're coming from. Because, you know, a lot of times and and and. I can say this as a parent, you know, a lot of times we don't necessarily know exactly what our kids are thinking. We think we do, Mm -hmm. but we don't always do. We don't always know what they're thinking. And once we can get into their mindset, you know, then it's like, oh, wow. You know, my daughter, she, you know, this is her last year in high school. And she tells me all the time, you know, about some of the things that go on in high school and how, you know, the guys, they'll snatch a girl up or, you know, even the girls, she'll go up and run and slap a guy in the face. And I'm thinking, who does that? Wow. Seriously. Wow. This is, it just speaks to the work that has to be done. Yes. Our work is not finished. It's a lot of work to be done, especially in the years. So this is yes, yes, yes. And we have to, we have to, you know, we have to teach them, or as my daughter say, we have to learn them, you know, and 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 
talk to them and show them, no, this is not, baby, this is not love. This is not what love is. It's about, love is about respect. If nothing else, you know, you respect that person because they are a person. Absolutely. 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 And as we speak about, talk about that with this generation, and we've seen it happen in early generations, and you talk about abuse and power and control, violence, intimate partner violence, and how that can increase a woman's risk for HIV. Because like you mentioned earlier, how a woman could be forced to have sex and if that unprotected sex, you know, and that could be in her risk because she did and the person doesn't know their status. Yes. Right. No, absolutely. When you when you have, you know, the risk, it increases. I want to say it's four times if some if a woman is in, you know, an abusive relationship, her risk, her risk, excuse me, increases. Okay. At least four times. And so you think about it and you're like, wow. So, you know, because what's happening is she is having sex, you know, her partner may be out doing whatever. She's having sex with that partner. Okay. They're not using a condom, you know, um, or we've, we've, we've seen, you know, where she's forced to have sex with multiple partners by her partner. Yes. Without a condom, you know, she doesn't want to be tested, you know, because she's afraid because what are you going to the clinic for? What you going to the hospital for, you know, or she may use alcohol drugs as a coping mechanism. Okay. And then now, because she's using this as a as a coping mechanism, you know, she's out having, you know, risky sex again, not using protection, you know, so we see all of these different things. And some people think, oh, no, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. You really would be surprised. It really does. And then what it does is it increases her risk because she's not necessarily thinking, you know, about HIV at that time. She's thinking, I'm just going to do what I need to do so that I could stop this person from being violent towards me at this point in time. Wow. So that's how it's connected. Wow. So, you know, you have that, you know, he he or she, they're not using condoms, you know, and it's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's unfortunately that is that is where we are, you know, and if you don't have that, you know, and even if and you may have those that, you know, um, want to go, you know, to a clinic, they want to be tested. Here comes the HIV stigma. If I go in there and they tell me I have something, I've got to go back and tell him or her, my partner. And now I'm really going to get it now. Right. They're really going to beat me because now they're not going to admit that they have it. They're going to accuse me of being with someone else. I absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It just it's a vicious cycle. Yes, yes, yes. And and to your point, and I know it's time we're wrapping up. This is so interesting to me. Just I'm just raising so many questions around. It's okay, you talking okay. like okay, I need to, I want to ask this question. Um. So that speaks to when when you said about the young possible young lady who made you know, get tested and mm-hmm. afraid to go back and tell the partner because of what she thinks he may say or do that mm-hmm. may be hurtful or harmful to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to something in her as a woman 
or that needs to be addressed or cleaned up um, to to be able to participate or be in that relationship with that person where there is allowing the violence, allowing the mistreatment, um, on the abuse and the the fear of being Mm -hmm. able just to share, you know, what's going on with her because of what he may think or say. Right. And that's where that's, you know, that that's where, you know, we talk about, you know, many a times we we talk about self-esteem. Okay. No, um, you know, and and I think what happens is that, you know, when you're when you're in that type of a relationship, they tear down the self, the, the esteem, the self-esteem. And okay. because, you know, the abuse, you know, um, it can be so severe or it may be so detrimental to to him or her, you know, um, her, you know, it's like I don't I don't want to tell him because I know the ramifications. So I'm just going to keep this within. I'm going to, you know, um, hold on to this because I don't want anything else to happen to me or potentially a family member or just, you know, for her. You got to think about it. She's she's dealing with someone who's violent towards her now. She so that's already one trauma. Okay. Now she's being told, you know, uh, uh, she has HIV that the, here comes another trauma. Just imagine, you know, the the pressure on her mental capacity right now. Okay. You know, it's bad enough. I was, you know, I'm, I'm being beat on, so to speak. But now I've got to deal with this. And heaven forbid he finds out he wow. or she finds out. Wow. So they take you take that in. Mm-hmm. And that is such a, um, I don't, I, I want to say stronghold, but that is such, it, it, it is so harsh. It's so heavy. Yes. Word, so heavy of a burden to carry. Yes. You know, and so that's where, you know, we, we come in, you know, we want to, you know, let women know, you know, you are safe. You are safe with us. We can help you, you know, we can help you. Just okay. you gotta let us, you know, be willing. And I know, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's that easy because it's not. It's not. You know, we can sit here and say all day long, oh, all she gotta do is just pack her bags and leave and go and whatever. That's not always the case when honey, when he has the purse strings. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not always the case when he has isolated you away from your family. He or she has isolated you away from your family. Right, right. You know, right. you might be from Alabama, but he has you all the way in New York somewhere. That's true. That's a good point. It's not you as know? easy. Yes. So it's it's a heavy burden. It really is. Yes. And so, Miss Tillman, um, before we wrap up, are there any upcoming programs um, or events that you're hosting um, that women in Montgomery? Yes. Um, so on our website and and we're continually adding to our website, um, be patient with us. We do have some upcoming trainings. We also have um, in June, the Alabama Women of Color Network Conference that we will be hosting. We host it every year. Um, The past two years, we've done it virtually. Um, The Prior to COVID, um, it was in, per- in person. It was phenomenal opportunity for women of color. Um, we are doing it again this year. It's looking like we're leaning more towards the virtual option just so that we can be safe. We know COVID is still out here. Um, but, you know, um, 
it, right now, we've got more information coming, but there will be an option for you. If you want to register to attend, you will be able to do so. Um, we have, you know, women from all across the nation that come on. We have dynamic speakers. And our goal is to talk about, you know, um, issues, you know, factors, things that affect or influence women of color. Okay. 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 Good. Okay. So our listeners could, for more information on that and how to get to register, register for the um, training. Mm-hmm. Is there a contact information like you want to share with them a number, yes. a website address? Yes. They can go to www.alabamacoalitionagainstrape.org. Okay. Or they can email me directly. Okay. Teresa Tillman. So my email address is ttillman at acar.org. Or they can call 334-264-0123. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ms. Tillman. So any closing remarks, um, words you would like to say to our listeners um, before we wrap up the show? It's been a great show. Very informational. I mean, I just race I was just raising questions all over so, so no, and I appreciate you wanted to ask more but I know for the sake of time I was like okay let me just ask one right um, right no I appreciate very very that. very important information um very thought-provoking um information as well for me yes and <laughs> I hope it be this it's the same for listeners right right one thing I want to share and just you know um if nothing else you know As a woman, you are worthy, you are beautiful, you know, and don't be afraid, you know, to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. And even if you don't want to ask anyone else, you can ask me, reach out to me. Um, I'm not afraid, you know, and I tell people this all the time, you know, I can help you, you know, if you, if you need me to go with you or talk you through something, please reach out, but know that you are worthy. You are worthy as a woman, you are worthy and don't ever feel that you are not. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And I've, you've heard listeners from Ms. Tillman with ACAR, Alabama Coalition Against Rape. You are worthy. You are, and you are. You matter. You, you matter. matter. You matter. Thank you so much, Miss Tillman. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. This was definitely, I it was eye-opening experience for me. Yes, yes. Thank you. And remember, listeners, a woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thanks for joining us, listeners, and take care.